0: Live from F102, this is Art As We Know It. Welcome to episode nine of season two. With this podcast, we hope to share our art knowledge and help inspire others to find art in their daily lives. Today on the podcast, we have Alion, Kush, Marcus, myself, Nayab and a special shout out to our editor, Kaden. Our main topic for today is European imperialism and art. But before we dive into t- today's topic, let's hear the answer to last week's trivia question.
1: The answer to last week's trivia question was that the culture that Picasso was influenced by was the Japanese culture.
2: Today in art history, the Royal Academy of Arts was founded in London by George III with Joshua Reynolds serving as its first president. Today we will be discussing European imperialism in art and how that has affected art in general. So our first topic is, how, has coloni- how is colonization related
3: to art? So when colonizers come to different parts of the world, they take over the place. They completely ruin the culture, the lifestyle. They completely change everything. And a really good example of this is in 1897, Europeans came to Benin and took thousands of precious artworks to pay for their expedition. Recently, in France, President Macron commissioned that the government return African art taken during the colonial period this issue sparked controversy over who should be the caretakers of africa's cultural heritage should it be the africans who originated this work or the europeans who came and stole it i personally think that the africans should get their art back what do you guys think
1: so i agree with you it's because it was their art initially so that means that it's rightfully theirs even though europeans took it over and whatnot so at the end of the day it's still their culture so that means they should get it back
2: so when Europeans first came uh, to the Africa or different countries, they took over the place and they took resources and art of the people to export back to their home country as a symbol of wealth and um, glory. And so I think now that we have more established relations, we should return the stolen art back to their original um, locations because that is a symbol of their culture and heritage and not so we can show off wealth and cultural pride.
0: Um, I completely agree. I think stealing something or taking something from one culture is not fair in a sense because ultimately it was their people created it. They have ownership of it, and it represents who they are. And us, it, if Europeans took it, it doesn't justify or take care of something like they did of the African artwork. It doesn't justify the initial um, the initial time when they took the artwork.
3: Yeah, I agree. Culture has changed immediately from what it was back then and what it is now,
2: so we should adapt to modern ways. So, many of the art today isn't solely based on one culture, it is a mix of different styles. So my question is, how do colonizers affect art, and what are, what are some examples of this effect we see today?
3: So, one example is the golden stool, covered with pure gold, floated out of the sky and landed on the lap of the first Asante king. He united the people of the 17th century, and his chief priest declared that the soul of the nation resided in this stool. The Europeans, when they first came and colonized this place, they wanted to sit on the stool, and the Sante people were offended. This caused a war to break out, and they took the stool with them to protect it. But in 1920, some road builders from the stool and stripped it of its gold ornaments.
1: So, what do y'all think about the fact that Europeans disrespected the stool?
2: I don't think, um... I don't think it's okay how they disrespect the stool because that, like you said, the nation resided in the stool. That was the pride of their nation, and it represented their uh, royalty and their cultural lineage, and I think it should be returned to the nation where it was.
0: Um, I just still, I do agree that the Europeans did disrespect the culture, and I think a good example of that would be, like, in current times, um, you wouldn't just go to someone's house and sit on something sacred or take something sacred, and it the same philosophy applies here, and I... Um, although they didn't like, steal the stool, I do think that the effect of colonization what did heavily impact the culture and um, what they eventually did with the stool um, because I read somewhere that um, because of the Europeans coming they eventually hid the stool so that no one would really have access to it unless you were like, very holy or sacred. Um, so yeah, def- colonization definitely affected the view um, of the stool and the impact it had on the culture.
3: So another piece I want to bring to your attention is the staff god from the island of Rarotoga in the Cook Islands. They were the god sticks, which were representations of the deities worshipped. Made from bark cloth, the upper part of the staff consisted of carved head. Above there, there were similarly carved figures that are mostly male, but there are some turned figures that represented woman and childbirth. Then, at the lower end of the staff god is a carved phallus.
2: So the missionaries removed and destroyed the staff gods because. They believe the depictions were too obscene and graphic, and these godsticks on the island of Rarotonga are supposed to represent uh, the religion of the people. It is their belief, and it represents um, childbirth and fertility of the of the island. So I don't think the destruction is warranted, even though they colonized the islands.
0: Um. So. Based on what the missionaries did to the staff gods, do you think it was okay? Um, Do you think their actions were justified?
1: So just like the golden stool, just as the Europeans disrespected their culture and took away their peace, or tried to at least, um, the missionaries had no right to remove and destroy the staff gods, because that is not their artwork. It's somebody else's and they should respect that it's somebody else's culture and you shouldn't be affecting how they, how their culture works
3: and to add on to kush's point yeah i believe that taking away someone's culture what they believe in that's wrong you know to come in to invade their space to take away their culture that's they shouldn't have done that Mm -hmm.
0: um I agree with Kush and Alian because religion is a huge part of a lot of people's identity. And today we're taught that um, you shouldn't question someone's uh, the way they practice their religion. And the fact that the missionaries did destroy um, their god sticks um, definitely made um, an impact on how they practice religion and also the effect of like Christianity in Cook Islands.
2: So other than the Cook Islands and the Asante Nation, Europeans also heavily borrowed from Asian culture, especially the Japanese when the, the ports were opened up for trade relations. Um, so
1: moving on, we all can agree that when, they, when the missionaries, Europeans, or whoever it may be, when they colonized the art, they took it, destroyed it, or even attempted to steal it and failed. It's all wrong at the end of the day because it's not theirs. Um, so moving on, uh, artists... There are many artists who have been influenced by other cultures, but don't mention it in their culture. And from today's trivia question, you learned that Picasso was influenced by Japanese culture. And in the 1950s, uh, he influ- his influence, he was influenced by Japanese art, even though there was a rejection of Asian art in Europe. So what are some other artists that y'all know that uh, went through the similar process?
2: So one artist that came to mind was Monet. Uh, During the japanism movement painters began to experiment with new ideas of perspective and so they in a way copied the common juxtapositions of objects with unconventional cropping to create less symmetrical and more engaging compositions and this often rendered in flat planes reminiscent of woodblock prints which is um essential to japanese art culture and it created a flattening effect that became central to the modern european style of painting and so Claude Monet began collecting woodblocks created by notable Japanese painting masters, uh, Hokusai, Hiroshige, and Yutamaro. And he used these, he, used, he drew inspiration from these woodblocks to create landscape paintings with the representation of elements such as daily occupations, animals, and occasionally like nature, flowers. He was very interested in the representation of the Westerners and through a view of the Japanese, uh, which was not very supported by Europeans during that time. And so he built his art style around Japanese culture, and his paintings resembled the Japanese artworks in many different ways. For me, personally, I don't see Monet as a thief of traditional Japanese art. He wasn't really like a European colonizer. I think he appreciated the art for what it was and drew inspiration in a respectful manner. What do y'all think?
0: Um, I I do agree that Monet did draw inspiration from it, um, but I do think there is a fine line between um, stealing from the culture and just drawing inspiration from it. And I think Monet was very close to that. Um, but overall, I do agree that it was um, he did use Japanese culture for inspiration rather than um appropriating it or like colonizing it in a way
1: and also he didn't completely take it he just used parts of it and made into his own like identity in his artworks and the the difference between him and all the other colonizers were that they either took it destroyed it and stuff like that but he didn't that wasn't his intent to do
2: that
3: I see it as a form of flattery, you know. He's appreciating <laughs> the Japanese art, if you see, get what I'm saying. Like, he got he drew influence from it. The Japanese should be proud that their art has such influences,
2: even after their, its time. I agree. I don't think it was really in a disrespectful manner or a destruction of the art. He simply connected two different worlds of art and created a unique style that has uh, presence today.
1: Um, so the next artist that uh, falls under this category is Mary Cassay. She created a series of prints adapted from the Yukio that showed the theme of women's everyday lives. And this was a Japanese art influence uh, piece, And, and it was called The Letter. And in the letter, the influence of Japanese prints can be seen in the bold patterns in the wallpaper and dress and other elements like that. And she translates these four she translates these formal elements into a scene of personal significance. So just like Monet did, she did the same thing. She just took aspects of it uh, to implement it in her art.
0: Um, another artist who did draw um, inspiration not from Japanese culture but from like Latin culture was uh, Paul Gauguin, I think, and um, he is a French artist who spent. Um, Four years of his life um, in Lima as a child. Um, his mother is Peruvian um, no, uh, nobility, and I think it's interesting that um, he is Peruvian because he's not. F- I mean, he he's not fully European like Monet or um, Mary Cassatt is fully um, not of another culture. Um, but the thing is that because of his um, ancestry, or sorry, his yeah, his ancestry. Um, he often misinterpreted it to portray um, Incan savagery, and I think that's inappropriate um, because that made him who he is, and that also impacted his life. Um, But then, um, as an adult and a young, uh, older child, he moved back to French and he was there. Um, And then, as an adult, he moved to uh, Tahiti, because uh, he wanted to become the next like avant-garde or lead the next avant-garde French movement. And so a lot of his art uh, portrays uh, Tahitian women. Uh, For example, the artwork, where do we come from? What are we now? Where are we going? Um, This is a large artwork. like in terms of size and you can see that there is an idol a blue idol in the background and it also has multiple tahitian women um most of them are nude or uh and then some are standing some are um sitting and i think it just comes to show i I just don't know if this is um taking from the culture like objectifying the people by putting them into the canvas or if it's just appreciating the people what do you think
2: Um, I think he portrayed it in a way that shows the destruction of the culture. And I think he did that to preserve his uh, social status. He obviously wanted to be part of the nobility or lead the avant-garde. So he kind of looked down on this culture to make himself look better in a way.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
2: So another artist I would like to bring to your attention is Edgar Degas,
3: who, wanted to, who was a French artist who wanted to capture the modern life of Paris. So similar to Picasso, he had Japanese influences in his art. So Japanese methods of art, despite Japan being really far away from French, it made, it made its way to France in, during 1853. The ports were reopened to the West, which was a cultural conflict, and this, with this came an influence, influx of new art. This modern art was hung in the homes of the French people and artists looked at them and found inspiration. Some of, the, some of Degas's inspiration can be seen in the candid scenes he used, which was also found in Japanese art.
2: For our vocab of the day, it's post-colonial art. Post-colonial art refers to art produced in response to the aftermath of colonial rule. Frequently addressing issues of national and cultural identity, along with race and ethnicity.
3: So our joke of the day for today is, what did the artist say to the dentist?
0: What did he say?
3: Matisse hurts. <laughs> and this week's trivia question is, what is the highest grossing play of all time?
1: So, did y'all have fun today? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so if you guys want to know more about the works that we've talked about today, check out our blog at www.artasweknowitpodcast.wordpress.com. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Make sure to tune in for next week to The Art of Stagecraft.